Movie Night with a movie problem. I'm Laura. I'm not going to mess it up this time. I'm Matt. Cool. Uh, today, we continued our Japanese series with Here's to the Young Lady. 1949. Wow. More post-war. That's why all the women had curly hair and plump lips. <laughs> it's cute. It's a cute aesthetic. Okay. So, movie summary? Um. Yeah. So you've got a financially successful, but um, kind of working class. Is he a mechanic or like a car salesman or both? It's kind of hard to tell. It's car business. Yeah. Uh, he works in cars, but he doesn't own the dealership. He's yeah. got a boss. Yeah. But named, uh, named Ichizu. Um, and his friend, Mr. Sato, introduces him to... The young lady appears to the young lady. Right. Um, He's like, dude, you're like 32. And, and unmarried. Unmarried. And that's like completely unacceptable, sir. <laughs> you, need to, you need to marry. You need to find someone to marry. It's, it's a very like old school arranged marriage type of thing. So Sato sets up like arguably the most awkward first date in the history of first dates. I don't know what you're talking about. fantastic. Oh, man. It was, it was uncomfortable. But you know what? Sometimes... The marriage is arranged. But it wasn't an arranged marriage. It was no, like they were getting a... It was like it was dating for with the intent of marriage. Right. It was like semi-arranged. Well, it wasn't... No, because they, it was more of like... It was more of an introduction. Like, they yeah. weren't even introduced as like, hey, you two should get married. It's like, hey, here is one of a hundred girls in this city. Please get yourself a wife. No, I mean, it seemed like they were very much introduced with a mind toward them getting married. Like, that was kind of the point. Yeah, it was, it was, it was more like a marriage interview than an introduction. Yeah. yeah, except they didn't say anything. They just kind of, like, refused to look at each other and stared at their faces. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. See, it was the most awkward first date in the history of first dates. So, like, then they fall in love. Yeah, well, weirdly, uh, Ichi, uh, Ichizu is completely love-struck by this encounter. Um, Yasuko, but, ah, so, Ichigo is completely love-struck by this encounter, uh, but he's also nervous because he learns that Yasuko's family is upper class. Wealthy. So, will she, will she, dollars. well, they, no, they don't have the dollars. Well, you don't, they don't know that yet. Yeah, he does. Sato tells him, like, pretty much right out the bat. Oh, I thought it was, like, a surprise. No. Oh. The surprise is the dead other boyfriend. Surprise. surprise. Okay, 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 okay. So, you know, she comes from money. She speaks English. She's, she speaks French. Yeah. I, Ichizu she's is... She's classy. Yeah, Ichizu is nervous because he's he is totally love struck but also like afraid that she only wants his money and she's not really going to love him and it's all her family's financial situation and this is something her family's pushing him to her to do etc uh, etc et yeah so they go on a couple first dates well i guess they're not first anymore uh they go to the opera they go boxing or to watch a boxing match yeah it's awkward yeah yachizu talking is yeah, hard or yasko is like is impressed with him. I mean, he like, he cries in the opera. He's like a gentle soul and a nice man, but she's also like super upper class and kind of reserved and also kind of confused, understandably by the whole, like this guy has a lot of money and my family needs money and kind of the stakes yeah. of the, of the dating. 
And also the fact that she had a fiance once and he died and she loved him a whole hell of a lot. And she's still processing that. Which is revealed at about 60 minutes of this 120, yeah, this 90 minute movie. They, that, they could have done a lot to have introduced this, those conflicts earlier. But yeah, and, and so there's this fight where like... Because she's not affectionate like at all. And it's like, yeah. why? And it turns out because she's yeah. still grieving. Yeah, and he's really... There's there's this fight they have where he's like, I love you so much. Like, I just, so I just much. want you to love me. Why won't you Why won't you be me? happy? Just be happy. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I think you're... I, I really... I have great affection for you. But also, I am sad. Yeah. But for the record... Like, all we ever did, did, did they even kiss? It was very important. It wasn't, it wasn't important. It wasn't important at all. But she, she did drop that at one point that like, it's just important that you know that yeah. I never even kissed my other fiance. Yeah. So then, uh. They decided to get married anyway. Yeah. And they decided to get married anyway. But on the wedding day, he essentially realizes that this is all too complicated and he gives her the money. No strings well, attached. Yeah. Well, it's grandma. He's, he's meeting with her grandparents and her grandparent, her grandmother starts crying on the wedding day. Mm. And then is like, you know, we were all so happy when her other fiance was alive. <laughs> and he's just like, cool. excuse me for a moment. I need to leave now. <laughs> so he steps out and yeah, he, he like pays off all the family's debts, but also calls off the wedding. Um, and that he, that somehow like breaks the dam with Yasko. Um, she comes to find him, but he's already on his way to the train station to leave town. Dramatically. Dramatically. Um, she, like she, like, she realizes no! that she has to be more expressive she realizes she needs to put her grief in a box and she needs to put her feelings in a box and she needs to be more affectionate to the her fiance that she's known for three months three minutes (laughs) yeah and and then she rushes off to the train station to catch him they they actually don't show them reconciling it's just implied that it happens and you fade to black so who do you think this target or this movie was made for? Like, who's the target audience for this? Um, I actually thought about that a lot while I was watching it. Um, it felt like, frankly, that it was I saw a lot of connections to a post-war society. Mm-hmm. Um, like it first, firstly, in the way that it, it reminded me a lot of the post-Civil War American fiction of like the um, what's the one? Um I can't, the name's escaping me. It's like Clark Gable and and it's like a million hours long. And he's, frankly, Charlotte, I don't give a damn. Oh, Gone with the Wind? Yeah, yeah, but like the the upper class family that was wealthy before the war, Mm -hmm. but has been brought low by the war. And the way that story speaks to the post-war social upheaval um, that society at large, in this case, Japanese society at large is processing. You know, every, everybody who was at the top or so many of the people who were at the top of the pile, both financially and socially uh, before World War II and during World War II are now relegated to the bottom of the barrel um, by, you know, the allied occupation and, you know, the, you know, class 
all the all you know all, all those class distinctions that mattered so much are suddenly really permeable. You know, rich families are poor, and also their sons have died, and it's a patriarchal society, so they have no source of income because their sons have died, um, and so now people are contemplating marriages of class that across Breaking classes class, yeah. that previously would have been unthinkable. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you have, so it, it, it kind of connected to, or, or that, yeah. those are the dots I connected. I, I feel like it, it's a movie that's unclear. Frankly, it feels like a grief story that didn't really lean into grief. And therefore I spent the whole time confused whether I was supposed to be watching a rom-com, but it wasn't particularly funny either. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Uh, no, that's not true. It wasn't even awkward humor. It's just awkward. I feel like that movie, you're right in jumping off of that. I very much felt like this movie was A, about grief, but more specifically, I feel like this was her story. Told through his eyes. Yeah. Told through his eyes. But then the tough thing about that is then you're forced to structure the movie in a really weird way that makes it pretty ineffective because... Mm -hmm. A lot of motivations aren't revealed until the end, and it's just confusing as to why she's being so... Yeah. Why she's definitely in love, but, like, refuses to... That's a good point. She's the one who goes on an emotional journey of, like, you know, she was in love, and then her the man she loved died. Yeah. And now her family's in need, and she just, like, brings herself to, like, meet this new guy who's financially successful... And then it turns out he's also a really sweet guy and he's also really, really like in love with her, but she doesn't like know how to, feel, pro yeah. how to process it and is processing on the ball. And that. I'm sure there's a ton of guilt around like, can I, well, can I, can I love someone after Haruki? Can yeah. I like, am I doing this for myself because I want to marry this guy or am I doing this because he has money and I know my family needs money? Like, yeah, all, all that processing is happening with her. All of the internal conflict, all of the, the mm -hmm. stakes, all of the drama is happening with her. But we don't get to see any of it because this is because he's the protagonist. So we're just confused. Yeah. And kind of just watching this guy kind of be a little frustrated that she's not loving me back. Doesn't she understand? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, until you until you get the explanation and like yeah. her internal struggle, it's kind of it was really it, oh, it almost then, hit a little bit of that uncomfortable sort of like neckbeardy like. Oh yeah, I'm being such a nice guy. I'm such a nice guy. Well, I mean, I frankly yeah. felt a little neckbeardy anyway, even afterwards, because like there there is no to your point. There's she doesn't process her grief in a way that she's she she neither gets over her grief in a way that's that like you see happen in an emotionally believable way on screen, nor does she make the decision to put that grief in a box and try to love him because, you know, in, in this kind of, this is what he needs and what my family needs and I'm gonna do it kind of way. It's, it's just like him paying off the loan somehow like just fixes her, like, inst like, he, like he hits yeah. her with enough kindness and then it's like, I love oh, him. Yeah. And, I do love him. And I realized that I need to express that love. And like the, the whole like feeling of being tapped out of love by, because of what happened to her last fiance and him having died and processing that grief just kind of goes away. Like it's never really, 
explained. She gets, you know, she goes to the bar looking for him. And then the bar owner yells at her that she needs to be more expressive with her love. She needs to yeah. show affection. And then she's like, I'm going to go to the train station and, and stop get him. him. I'm going to get him back. I'm going to get my man. Yeah. yeah. And it's a shame because it's not, it's a process that would have happened naturally anyway. There was a switch that was going to be flipped. Mm-hmm. No, it's, and I, I mean that she was going to get at least I, th- I, I, yeah. I think that's very, very likely that she was going to get over her dead husband or dead boyfriend eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a shame that you just do not get any. There's so much screen time dedicated to these really random B storylines that don't really, I'd say, support the theme. But I'm not really quite sure what the theme is outside of. Yeah. There's the whole bit with his brother who's, like, dating a woman who's, like, not respectable. And I guess because their father is dead, like, the younger brother really, really wants Ichizu to approve of the relationship. And Ichizu's like, that woman's not good enough for you. Yeah. And it's like he... And he's... And to the point that, like, when when uh, when Goro comes to him and is like, I want to marry her. I don't care what you think. Ichizu physically beats him. <laughs> and then... And, and and he does all this with like you no know, like he seems to have no self no self reflection on how he himself is struggling with the fact that he loves someone who's too good for him yep. of an upper class and is trying to like break through that barrier. And meanwhile, here's his brother. Like, I love this girl. I know that she's like, you know, you don't think she's respectable, but I really love her. And he's like, no, you can't marry someone who's not of your class of society. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of like touching on like interclass relationships, but not in a very thoughtful way. Mm -hmm. It just happened to be a couple of the plot points. Yeah. Or it's, yeah, it's, it, it definitely had opinions, but I don't think it was very clear in articulating or expressing those opinions. Yeah. Like I loved the sequence with the piano. I thought that was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Like they, they, they really hit home how uh, Yasko's family is wealthy, but has, uh, has Mm -hmm. like hit on hard times Mm -hmm. where uh, Ichizu's over visiting and grandma says like, play, Play something for Yas for for your for your you know for Ichizu on the piano, dear. Yeah. Uh, and then like she leaves because they're being left alone. And then Yasko explains that like Grandma doesn't know that we don't have a piano anymore because yeah. we sold it. Yeah. Actually, we sold everything, everything, and you get all these really lyrical close-ups of the lampshade, the and, and, and things that are like cobwebby, yeah. and like you realize that this. this this splendor that has fallen into disrepair. And then for, for Yasuko's birthday, Ichizu buys her a piano, which is this super thoughtful gift, mm-hmm. but it's also publicly presented to her in front of the entire family. Mm-hmm. So you have grandma who doesn't know that they don't have a piano anymore, yeah. who's sitting in the living room as this new piano is wheeled in. And everybody's kind of not sure how to react to it. Yeah. Um, and then grandma excuses herself uh, and, and like a bunch of other, you know, a bunch of the family leave. And it's this really, this really great show don't tell of like how, how they have fallen from their kind of lofty social perch and don't know how to process it. And also how like Ichizu is a kind person, but not necessarily a socially adept person. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. It's a very working class kind yeah. of You don't have a piano, here's a piano. And he very much self-identifies as, well, I'd say quote, but this is also a translation. So whatever the Japanese equivalent of a country bumpkin is. So. Yeah. yeah. It looked cute. He was a really nice guy. Um, but not like nice guy TM. But I then mean, it did become a little nice guy TM. Yeah. The argument over when he's arguing with her about how he just wants her to be happy. I just want you to be happy, but I want you to be happy with me specifically. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm being so nice to you, and I love you so much. I love you so much, but you're just you don't express happiness, and it's like, bitch, my other fiance died. Yeah, like I'm kind of still processing that. It's like, well, can't you just not process that and like be happy? Can't you just be happy? It's <laughs> okay. uh, awkward. Oh, can we take thirty seconds and just acknowledge all of the like? shape transitions. Oh God, I loved them. I, lo- I actually do have a note on that. Yeah. Like if you've ever wanted to, have you ever watched like a George Lucas movie Where and they do like the a white, star white, there's a weird you're white. Like, why is there a star have white? Have you ever looked at those things and thought, you know, that's weird, but I could really go for a weirder translation. <laughs> Something like a line comes down to divide the screen <laughs> in the middle and then the left half goes up and the right half goes down and they get this kind of sliding vertical door thing that like, and then behind them is the next scene. My favorite was the one that was like the air conditioner where it was like blades of a fan and it was something. Yeah, what if you, and they, and they rotate. Yeah. And it opens and it, again, it opens yeah, the next like scene. Yeah, but not like a shutter, not like a natural camera shutter. No. It was like, it was like an air conditioner or something. <laughs> It was amazing. And it was so just like, why? It's just drawing so much attention to itself. And it was just so interesting. And it's yeah. like, fine, whatever. This is campy. I love it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was really interesting watching a movie. You and I haven't seen a movie. The first movie that we've seen in this series was a Kurosawa film that was really mm. well preserved. This yeah. movie was like surprisingly scratchy and it was really interesting going back to that and yeah. just seeing like, oh yeah, I forgot. The time before the internet and hard drives. Yes. It degraded quite a bit and it was really cool. It was cool aesthetic. It was neat. Mm. I liked it. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about was kind of tonally how this movie didn't really have a clear sense of what it was doing. Oh yeah, it was like a rom-com but without the rom or the com. Yeah, it was what was like a it was like a movie that really wanted to be about grief or at least that's what the ca- the characters were going through like a or you know a lot. Yasko was going through a grief story. Yeah. Like it, that's what it was. And then it was courtship in the context of like post-war grieving and social upheaval. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it's like they wanted to do a drama, but in order to get funding, they had to pitch it as a rom-com, but then they didn't know how to get the comedy in. So there, there are just these really weird comedic asides where oh, like, yeah. he, like, he gets like- he, the, he breaks his legs or something? No, no, he flo- his shoe flies off his foot. He's oh, in the yeah. middle of like a big speech about how he wants to marry her and put a factory there and <laughs> he can build a house there. And he's like, yeah. And then he like kicks his foot and his shoe goes flying over his head. Or, or where she like goes home and she goes to see her sister and she like slams her sister's face into the, the door. door and it's like it's like straight up like acme style 
physical comedy of yeah. like that actually looks like it really hurt. Or like after he puts her in the car to like send her home after one of their boxing dates. Oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, he does his little dance. And then this big dog chases him <laughs> off, off screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like he runs <laughs> off screen, the dog chases him. And then all of a sudden the dog runs back on screen, running away from a, a tiny, tiny dog, dog that's now chasing the big dog. And it's like, what is this moment? Like, what is happening right now? I don't know. It was amazing. I, although I was confused the entire time, I will admit I was not bored. Mm-hmm. I, and not in a way where I was invested in the will they, won't they. No. But more along like, this movie has so many weird things to it. Yeah. Like I, I was invested in the what's the twist going to be? When is something going to drop? Because mm. like within the first mi- within the first 20 minutes of the movie, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, Ichizu yeah. goes from I don't want to get married. 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 married to like, OK, I'm married. Oh, I really like her, actually. Oh, she likes me, too. We're good. We're engaged. And you're like, so what's the rest of this? What's movie? the rest of this movie? Like curtain? Yep. Are we done now? Yeah. Which to your which to your earlier point. I think they would have done a lot better to tell this story from Yasko's perspective. But even if they weren't going to do that, they should have introduced her coldness and the and her the fact that she's not over her dead ex-fiance. Like that doesn't you know, he doesn't even complain about her coldness until like the again, like an hour into this 90 minute, you know, 125 minute movie. Yep. And that's when she's like, oh, well, I'm not over my, you know, my fiance who died. And it's like, you you should have introduced that conflict at like the 20 minute mark so that we could sit on it for a while and have that context for like how he's being very excited and engaged in this relationship. And she's like occasionally smiling, but a lot of like looking down and way then you think of it as just like, oh, I this thought is it like, was a cultural difference yes. because I, I honestly just thought like, oh, is this like, she's being actually a very good Japanese woman in the 1940s. Yeah. Is, and, and, and is this an, is this old social roles yes. of upper class society yes. meeting working class guy who doesn't know how to process. Them? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I really like your Gone with the Wind comparison. I think yeah. that's really apt. I mean, it's, it, it kind of reminds me, like, you know, so many of, in the 1950s, you have, you know, the Western that's, like, speaking to post-war mm-hmm. soldiers. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to think of, to, to kind of view this movie through a similar lens of, like, what's society going through right now in, in, in the aftermath of this incredibly destructive war and... I think there's a lot in this movie that speaks to the social experience that Japanese people were going through. Yeah, and that really resonated. I think this this popped up on our radar because we've been going through the Criterion Collection with Satsuko Hara. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this is really an upper tier movie outside of that. It just kind of happens to be a movie that she starred in very, very early in her, her career. So I think that's why it's it's still talked about. Yeah. Well, we're in we're also in uh, uh, early in the series, and she hasn't hit her stride yet. Where Setsuko Hara yeah. really takes off is when she starts working with Ozu, mm. um, and the, and it's gonna we're, we're we haven't hit her first Ozu film yet. So, Wait, like, have you, had you heard of her? 
Um, I haven't, I hadn't heard of her until we started this series. I had heard of Ozu. He's one of yes. like the big Japanese directors. Um, and so apparently she was his leading lady of choice. Uh, um, and we're, I think the next film in the series is going to be the, f- the first one that they did together. Um, and that'll, it, it'll be interesting to see how that, how she changes, how that how changes, it, how yeah. she changes, how he, how like, you know, uh, the kind of work that he, that he, the kind of roles that he puts her in, um, because, yeah, this was Keisuke Kinoshita. Uh, I haven't heard of him as a director, um, but um, but it, it's a part of it's a part of her filmography. But like her filmography is important, you know, largely because of the work she did with Ozu. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm just excited to really dive into like 1950s, yeah. like uh, looking at several different stories from the 1950s. Mm-hmm. So, look, it's got the uh, summary. Uh Kinoshita delicately balances humor and melodrama in this gentle romantic comedy. It is a romantic comedy. But see, the, Class fact that we're, the fact that we're figuring that out from reading the summary that's online on Criterion Channel says that it probably could have better a better job of done a better job of presenting itself as a romantic comedy. Would you recommend this movie? Um under what circumstances would you recommend this? I would, film? I would recommend this to somebody who's already watched a fair number of like classic Japanese film and is looking for something a little for something more obscure, a little bit different, and different and obscure, and not um, just like, like have if, you seen Shimmer and Shimmer? Yeah, yeah, or just yeah, exactly. If it's somebody who hasn't watched a lot of Japanese cinema, I think there's a lot of things that I would recommend before um, this one. But it certainly has a place in in the pantheon. Yeah, agreed. And it certainly has a place in the Setsuko Hara trajectory. So, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where that trajectory goes. 